Hey, Cracked fans. We are so excited to be welcoming our friends at Turna back to this show as a supporting sponsor moving forward. Now, of course, all of you tennis fans know Turna Tennis for their world-famous Turna grip, that iconic purple-colored grip you see on the rackets of so many different professional tennis players. But did you also know that they make the tackiest grip in the world? That's right, folks, the brand-new Turna Tennis Mega Tack Grip. It's the tackiest grip on the market. It starts tacky and, simply put, stays tacky longer than any other grip you'll find out there. And if you tell your opponent, what do I use on my racket? I use the Mega Tack. You're going to be attacking with that Mega Tack from start to finish. If you've seen anything we do at Cracked Rackets, you know I'm a hairy guy. As you can imagine, I sweat when I play. The only grip that works for me is the Turn of Tennis grip. Of course, the Mega Tack taking things to the next level. How can you get yourself hooked up with a Turn of Grip today? It's simple. You're going to either find it wherever you buy your tennis goods. Or you can email them directly by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. That's sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Crack Rackets sent you in the email. We would greatly appreciate that as they let you, them know that we sent you there. But more importantly, you get a free sample and they'll treat you as family moving forward. Again, you email sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned Crack Rackets. You get the free sample. You get hooked up with our friends at Turner. Once you use a Turner Grip, you're never going to turn anywhere else. Of course, again, ask them about the mega tack the tackiest grip on the market contact sales at uniquesports.com and get started with our friends at turn to tennis today welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment, a show where I will offer my picks for each and every day of the 2022 Wimbledon as it is day two of the tournament. A quick reminder of what we're going to do on this show. Each and every day, I'll look at the board of singles matches being played on the grounds at Wimbledon. I'm going to make picks on those matches using the odds via our friends at DraftKings. Of course, those picks going to cover a broad range of topics, whether it be my favorite money lines on the day, the over-unders, game spreads that catch my eye. Of course, throughout the course of the fortnight, I'll offer a parlay or two, offer a couple of futures bets as well. It's just a fun way for us here at Cracked Rackets to engage with the year's third Grand Slam. Put my knowledge, put myself on the record as well. I owe it to you listeners to deliver the goods. And on day one, we did that on this podcast. Four one-in-one overall with our day one aces of the day. That included victories on the backs of a couple of Americans, Tommy Paul, Francis Tiafo, and Lee, all earning straight set victories, all covering the game spreads we took yesterday as well. So Lee, Paul, Tiafo, all offering us victories, early wins for the win column. We also had to sweat one out, but ultimately Alejandro Tabilo blew a two sets to love lead, served for the match up 5-3 in the fifth, blew that lead as well, but holds on for a fifth set tiebreak victory. And I won't lie, when I was watching that match, Tabilo goes down 7-5 in the breaker. I thought the match was over. I thought we had to put a loss on the board. And then I remembered those final set deciding tiebreakers played 2-10. Alejandro Tabilo ultimately able to 
scrap out the five-set victory, the underdog, earning us a money line win on day number one. Unfortunately, it was not a perfect day. Katarina Sinyakova, who I thought was going to blitz her young Polish qualifier today, ultimately drops a six-love first set and a straight-set loss for Sinyakova. So unfortunately, that was a loss for us on the board. We also put a futures bet on Own Jabor to win her quarter, make the semifinals of the tournament. Now, Jabor did not reach the semifinals with her first-round victory, but she did earn a first-round victory, slowly working her way towards paying off that futures bet. So again, 4-1-1 one, and one overall on day one, up 1.91 units to begin the tournament. The do- goal, as always, excuse me, is to finish not only over a 60% win percentage, but to finish over plus 10 units. That's the standard I hold myself to here at Crack Rackets, of course, if these matches are going to be anything like that Alejandro Tabilo match. Certainly, we'll have to sweat some things out, but we've got some early momentum as we look at the board at the 2022 Wimbledon and as we look at day two. It's the second half of the first round of singles action. Of course, we had a couple of singles matches scheduled on day one that ultimately weren't played. If you are feeling daring, you're more than welcome to incorporate some of those matches into your own personal picks on day two. But here on today's show, I'm going to focus on the new matches, the day two first round singles affairs we have and Of course, the first rounds of Grand Slams offering so many different opportunities, not only for gamblers or people who like to make picks, as we do here on our Ace of the Day segment, but just for tennis fans everywhere. You've got 64 high-quality singles matches spread out throughout the course of the day. Action from the moment you wake up till 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Eastern time. Everything you can hope for as a tennis fan here and in the United States and certainly as a tennis fan across the globe as well with that in mind once again here on today's show want to run through the picks the value I see on the board on day two I'll talk about the money lines I like both the favorites and the underdogs look at the over-unders the game spreads that appeal to me of course today we do have a parlay our first of the 2022 Wimbledon for all of you listeners I'll take another look at the futures odds but as I alluded to yesterday I want to see these first round matches maybe even first two rounds of matches before I make any significant wagers on the ultimate outcomes of this tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do all of this here on the Ace of the Day segment, day in, day out, is because of the support we get from all of you listeners. And as always, I want to put it out there, at Cracked Rackets, at AL Gruskin. Whenever we tweet out our picks for the day, please feel free to respond with your own, whether that be on Twitter and Instagram, of course, again, at AL Gruskin, if you want to reach out to me directly on Twitter. We want to hear from you. I want to hear your picks, want to follow along as well. I'm always looking for pointers. And hey, if you're pointing me in the right direction, I will happily cite you as a source here moving forward on the podcast. But again, a huge thank you to all of you listeners who tune in. Hopefully, this offers you an extensive enough preview of my thoughts on each day of the tournament. Of course, if you're looking for recaps of every day's matches, go check out our mini break podcast feed where we will have a recap for you every day of the tournament. All of this content available wherever you listen to your podcast or on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, a shout out as 
always, to our friends at Turna, lifelong supporters of this Great Shot podcast, at least for the life of this podcast. And of course, Turna has been supporting tennis players for generations now. Every person listening to this podcast, I bet, can identify a Turner grip when they see it on the court. That iconic bluish, purplish hue. Uh, there's a reason. Pros, local players, college players, everyone's using Turner grip. It's the best grip in the business. But maybe you don't know about their award-winning strings. Maybe you don't know about the countless other pieces of technology Turner develops to help accentuate the finer features of your game, ensure your optimal performance every time you step out on the court. If you would look like to learn more about what Turna is offering, or if you're ready to join the Turna family today, you can contact them by emailing sales at uniquesports.com. You mentioned we here at Cracked Racket sent you. They'll hook you up not only with discounted pricing, but free samples as well. Again, email sales at uniquesports.com, sales at uniquesports.com. We are so grateful for the support we get from our friends at Turner, the least we can do, ask you to support them as well. Sales at UniqueSports.com to join the Turner family today. With all of that said, let's get into it. Our GSP Ace of the Day selections for day two at Wimbledon. Let's start with the money lines. And the early disclaimer I offered yesterday stands true today. With these first round matches, you're going to see plenty of lot sided favorites from the players you would typically hope to capitalize on in early round play. You think of a player like Iga Sviantek, who, of course, hasn't played a grass court match, but has won 35 consecutive matches. She's minus 8,000 in her matches tomorrow. In, in other words, you have to bet $80 to win just $1 in return on the Iga Sviantek money line. Now, if you think she's going to win, maybe you like her game spread. And if you look, you're not going to get better than nine and a half games, 10 and a half games. She's going to have to win better than six. Three six three six three. Now, certainly she can do that, but that's a little rich for my taste. You're just not going to get great odds at a reasonable game rate or on the money line. So, you know, a player like that, I stay away from on day one. You look at a player like, you know, again, other top seeds who are comfortable favorites, Bianca Andreescu, minus 2,500 against Amina Bektis. You know, those matches are a little bit scary to me. Now, if you look at some of the first round matches on the day on the women's side in particular, which is where we're going to start, a lot of juicy action across the board, certainly from an entertainment perspective. But matches, to be quite frank, I'm afraid of betting. Like you look at a Jessica Pagula, minus 150. You think anytime you can get someone as consistent as Pagula, who's reached the round of 16 at a slam or quarterfinals at a regular WTA level event in just about every tournament she's played this year, she's minus 150 against an always dangerous on a grass court. And with a significant more Wimbledon pedigree, Donna Vekic, who's plus 125. Quite frankly, I just don't want any part of that match. Carolina Pliskova, minus 285. Again, reasonable odds. And considering she's the defending Wimbledon finalist, you say, hey, I get that player, minus 285, round one. Well, she's taken on someone in Teresa Martinsova who made a run to a semifinal at one of the warm-up grass court events this season. It's just always physically a tough out. And with how streaky and serve-dependent Pliskova can be, Martinsova's just going to stick around. And so, again, does she stick around long enough that ultimately she's able to get over the finish line? Maybe. That's just a match that's scary to me. And so when I look at the women's matches 
tomorrow in particular, more so than the money than the money lines, I look at the over-unders that are fascinating to me. Because again, what are the odds I like on the women's side? I see, you know, Shelby Rogers minus 165 over Petra Martic. Shelby has the weapons advantage, the serve, the forehand, minus 165, reasonable odds there. That Petra Martic backhand slice is tricky, and it's just going to put Rodgers in uncomfortable positions on the court. And while Shelby's gotten so much better as a mover, I'm still not, you know, again, Shelby can run a little bit hot and cold. So I'm a little bit scared of that match. I think last year's quarterfinalist Victoria Golovic should be far more than a minus 155 favorite over Andrea Petkovic. And you look at the tennis abstract forecast for that match, Golovic a 60.1% favorite over Petkovic. And yet, again, Petkovic, obviously the veteran German, significant track record of uh, grass court success. And just, I don't know what it is. Again, why are all the smart odds? Those odds have dropped. Initially, Golubic was minus 190. Now she's minus 155. That's scary to me on the women's side. So don't love that. I'll talk about Claire Liu and how we're going to get value from her minus 150 over Parisa's Diaz in a bit. But like Brangle plus 110 over Davis is interesting. Chin Wen Jung, excuse me, Jung Chin Wen plus 110 over Sloan Stevens. You know, the big hitting righty hasn't had a ton of grass court success. But with the power tennis that she plays, you feel like it might happen inevitably. Take her as a dog while you can. You know, Magdalena Freak, plus 265 over Camilla Georgie. Yeah, Georgie's been good. But if she blinks and she can blink, Magdalena Freak's going to be there. Plus 265, interesting. But nothing really jumps out from a singular money line perspective. Now, again, there are some players in the parlay zone. Certainly, you look... Ostapenko, whose match got moved to tomorrow, minus 600. I guess you could throw her in. The Aronxa Roos, minus 380 over Harrison. Rabakina, minus 380 over Vandaway. You know, Kostyuk, maybe at minus 255 over Swan. I like Flipkins, minus 220. Uh, Yastrzemska, minus 215, but it's always a risky bet on Yastrzemska. The point being, there are decent odds, but nothing that jumps out from a money line perspective on the women's side on day two. Now, on the men's side, again... There's a little bit of tastiness. Liam Brody, minus 170 over Lucas Klein. The lefty Brody, always going to be most comfortable, A, in front of a home Wimbledon crowd, B, on the faster grass court surface, allows him to move in more comfortably, more frequently, and, you know, keep his backhand low, play the angles, attack the open court, use his quickness. Lucas Klein, not the biggest track record of grass court success in his career, has played fewer than 10 grass court tour-level matches, has played fewer really than, you know, 30 tour-level matches in his career. I like this opportunity for Brody. Minus 170 or, you know, minus two and a half games. Interesting to me. I'd go with Brody minus 170 because Klein can stick around in minus 170. Why even mess around with the games? If he loses a set, so be it. As long as he wins, the score doesn't matter. That one's interesting to me. Kofor minus 155 over Galan. I just like the lefty Kofor's game, the angles he finds, the athleticism on this surface. Certainly, Dennis Kudla, round one, minus 105. You love that at Wimbledon. He did draw seated Lorenzo Sanego, who's minus 110, essentially even odds. That's a really good match. That, you'd love to hit the over, right? Over three and a half sets, four and a half sets, but you can't find that right now on DraftKings, and I think that's just due to the uncertainty we see right now in all of these matches. Just not a lot of grass court track record for them to go on, so they don't want to give away free money. Uh, But some of the other ones, again, unknown players. Alistair Gray, former TCU All-American standout, played is worked his way into the top 400. He's plus 110 tomorrow against former top junior in the world, Shinsen Sung. Um... Look, 
Neither guy's played a lot of grass court tennis. Alistair Gray, yes, one-handed backhand. Sung's going to attack that corner relentlessly, but Gray will be ready for it. Fantastic mover. Comfortable moving forward to the net. Just a well-rounded game that's going to be comfortable on this surface in front of the home crowd. That one's interesting to me. You know, Kukushkin plus 205 over Brooksby. When was the last time you felt confident about Jensen Brooksby? It's been a while. That's an interesting match. You know, Lechechka plus 230 over Krajinovich. Yeah, Krajinovich made a final in the lead up to this Wimbledon on grass courts, but that was an outlier for Krajinovich in what has otherwise been a pretty average grass court career. Lechechka's got weapons. He's young. He'll swing freely. That's interesting. Rinder Kanesh plus 230 over Shapovalov. Shapovalov hasn't won a match since beating Nadal during the clay court season. Rinder Kanesh just has the weapons to make Shapovalov uncomfortable. You know, if you want a couple of long shots on the day, maybe Johnson plus 380 over Dimitrov, Kozlov plus 400 over Schwartzman. But again, nothing jumps out to me the way Tabilo did yesterday at plus 150 uh, in his matchup that ultimately, obviously, again, he was able to just scrap out over Laszlo Jura. I just don't see any lopsided matchups or any, this guy may be way lower ranked, but his game is way better suited for this surface sort of matchup. But the one that's fascinating to me, David Goffin was minus 210 to start against Radu Elbot. He's now down to minus 175. Elbot has worked his way up to plus 155 odds. Goffin withdrawing from the first week of the grass court season with an injury. I think that means they think he's injured and sharp people must be aware of the injury and they're all betting on Elbot. So it from a movement perspective of the odds, you know, that's the money line perhaps more than anything on the men's or women's side that stood out to me is that Radu Elbot's odds have shot up and he's still an underdog. So if you're willing to trust the movement, trust the Sharks, they see Radu Elbot knocking off David Goffin tomorrow. Of course, if he is injured, he may withdraw from the match, at which point why even play around with betting on it at all? You know, again, there are a couple men in the parlay zone. Vanderson, Sculp, Evans, minus 525, 400, respectfully. I kind of, uh, respectively, excuse me, I prefer their game spreads because there's more value there and we'll get there momentarily but you know Jack Draper I can't bet against Zizou because too many Zizou fans love our Cracked Rackets podcast but boy is Jack Draper looked good in minus 290 you're not going to get him at that price in a first round match on grass courts for much longer Jack Sock minus 255 over Zapata Morales Sock has played exceptional Zapata Morales a clay court guy for the majority of his career Interesting, no individual money line bets on day two. I hope I ran you through everything, gave you the direction I was leaning in a bunch of those matches. I know we talked through a bunch of them fast there, but with there not being an abundance of clear-cut money lines to enjoy, you have to turn to the over-unders, the game spreads, and I think that's where we're going to find value here on day number two. Let's get into the picks now as we look at our GSP Ace of the Day selection. 16 minutes in, we're finally offering picks, folks. Let's start on the women's side. Yes, Barbara Krejcikova has not played a ton of tennis this year. And Krejcikova is still 28 and 16 in her last 52, but just 9 and 6. And it's already about to be the start of July here in 2022. Since returning from injury uh, in Doha, Krejcikova, first round loss, three sets to Diane Perry, Roland Garros. First round loss, three sets to Marta Kostyuk in Eastbourne last week. We have not seen a healthy Barbara Krejcikova. 
in quite a bit of time. And Krejcikova, the number 13 seed here at Wimbledon, of course, last season was able to reach the round of 16 in this event before getting knocked out in what was probably Ashley Barty's closest match of the tournament, a 7-5-6-3 victory for Barty. Krejcikova's game makes sense on this surface, of course, a multi-time Grand Slam champion in doubles. She's more than comfortable playing plus one tennis, looking to move forward, hitting her spots efficiently and effectively with her return of serve. I mean, Krejcikova is one of the 11 players to rank top 25 in both hold and break percentage. It's a relentless efficiency with an, you know, again, above average athleticism. And when you put that package together, you have yourself a floor of a top 15 player, which is what Barbara Krejcikova has demonstrated when healthy over the past 20, you know, uh, over the past, yeah, really 20 months now. Now, if your argument is that, well, she's not healthy, so why would I pick her at all, particularly at minus four and a half games, which implies that she's winning by at least one break of serve in the course of the match in each set. You know, it's got to be 6-4, 6-3, 6-3, 6-4 or better, or maybe a tight first set, but then a lopsided second set. I think that's what Krejcikova is capable of. And, it, you know, again, when you look in a vacuum, first match back for her Roland Garros, she ends up losing in three sets. Second match back, First match on the grass courts, another tight three-set loss to an always dangerous, explosive Marta Kostyuk. In that match, Krejcikova saves 12 of the 15 break points that she faced. Actually won, you know, 66% of her first serve points, 50% of her second serve points. Looked better protecting her uh, first serve, just struggled with the footwork, struggled with the return of serve and the second shot and finding her footing. Now she's had another week to train on the grass courts, work herself back into shape. And look, I just think it's an advantageous first round match for Krejcikova tomorrow as she takes on 28-year-old Mar- uh, Marina Zanevska. You look for Zanevska currently at number 68 in the rankings. The 28-year-old reached a career high of 62 in the rankings back in May, has had uh, a really successful past 52 weeks reaching a bunch of ITF finals and you know again having some success at the WTA level as well reached a quarterfinal in Strasbourg right before Roland Garros and has qualified at multiple tour level events this season still you look for Zanevska overall in her career she's 8 and 15 in her career on grass courts her best victory probably you know again coming over a player ranked outside the top 100 you look for Zanevska in her career 2 and 12 against top 50 opponents overall. In Marina Zanevska's career, according to Tennis Abstract, she's held 54.1% of the time in tour-level matches. Now, she's broken 38.1% of the time, which would be a top 25 number, and you better do one of the two things extraordinarily well, hold or break serve if you want to be a top 50 player. The problem is, A, Zanevska's strength, of, uh, strength, which is the return of serve, uh, is minimized on this surface. And Krejcikova's strength, her serve in plus one game, she's a top 10 server over since the start of 2021 by hold percentage according to Tennis Abstract Stats leaderboard. It's strength versus strength. And on this surface, it's the strength of Krejcikova that's maximized. So I just think even if it's not the cleanest tennis from her at first, I don't think Zanevska has the weapons to continually stress Krejcikova with from the baseline. And I think it's going to be target practice for Krejcikova on the return of serve, the perfect match for her to work her way into this tournament. If you want Barbara Krejcikova, minus four and a half games against Zanevska, which again, minus 150. And Zanevska, two and 12 against top 50 opponents 
points in her career, 8 and 15 on grass courts in her career. You look in tour level grass court matches, 4 and 11 overall. I just she's lost her last 6 in a row uh on grass courts including qualifying at Wimbledon 2021, 2019, 2018. She lost first round. I just think this is the perfect matchup for Krechakova to pun intended, find her footing at Wimbledon and just work her way into her serve plus one tennis. And just again, what is Zinevska going to do to hurt Krejcikova in this match? I don't know what that is as such. I think Krejcikova is going to be able to hold easily. And I think she's going to be able to break serve at will. So give me Krejcikova to cover that minus four and a half game spread. Minus 150 if you take those odds. Again, Krejcikova minus four and a half games is minus 150. Her money line is minus 500. I just think there's more obviously value in these odds in minus four and a half games. That's not a blowout. That's just a comfortable victory. And that's what I expect from her tomorrow. So we're going to take Krejcikova minus four and a half games over Zinevska minus 150. We'll throw a full unit on that one to win 0.66 in return. Now that's the only money line on the women's side. I'm going to gamble on with my picks here today, but certainly if you wanted to parlay some together, you know, Ostapenko minus four and a half games, minus 180. You throw that together with Krejcikova. Ostapenko's covered that, a minus four and a half game spread in all of her victories in the grass court season, uh, in all of her victories last week uh, in when making the final in Eastbourne. And yeah, I, again, I just think Ostapenko is going to cruise tomorrow against Dodan. So minus four and a half games. I'm not scared of that number. If you like Lou Golubic on games rather than the money line, they're minus 135, minus 125, respectively, on minus one and a half games. That's just a little bit better odds than their money line values. But, you know, again, that's the game spread on the women's side. On the men's side, there are a couple that are intriguing. You know, Taylor Fritz has the sort of serve to just make life a nightmare for Lorenzo Musetti. And, you know, Musetti on his best days likes to be six feet behind the baseline, turning defense into offense. We just can't give Taylor Fritz opportunities to play offense because he's striking the ball that authoritatively last week's Eastbourne champion, minus five and a half games, which is just, you know, again, a break in all three sets and a straight set victory, minus 145. I like that a lot. Draper minus four and a half games. Again, that's really just a straight set win over Zizou Bergs minus 115. That's particularly tasty. If you want to get a little more adventurous, Nakashima minus six and a half games over Nikola Kuhn. Nakashima's just been rock solid on these grass courts. But I'm going to go with two more five and a half game spreads. They did me well yesterday. Two guys I thought were just going to earn straight set victories in Tommy Paul and Francis Tiafo got the job done. I think that's going to be the same on the men's side today on day two with Botik Vandesen Schulp and Benjamin Bonzi. Let's start with my birthday brother, Botik Vandesen Schulp. No, he's not Juan Pablo Varias with my exact birthday, but as you listeners know, by now, I'm certain, and if you don't, Botik Vandesen Skulp, October 4th, 1995, Alex Gruskin, October 6th, 1995, as such. I always feel good back in Botik, who has been one of the breakthrough players of the past 18 months on the ATP Tour. And you look for Botik Vandesen Skulp, who's 58-28 and 28 in his last 52 weeks overall, 34-22 and 22 when you focus on just tour-level play for Botik. He's proven he belongs in the ATP Top 50, competing on this level across surfaces, whether it was, of course, his breakthrough quarterfinal at the U.S. Open last season. He, of course, made a couple of semifinals, quarterfinals on hard courts. He ultimately made the final in Munich, knocked out two 
informed players in Kasmanovic. Kasparud on the way to that final made round of 32 Roland Garros semifinals in Queens Club a couple weeks ago before getting knocked out by Matteo Berrettini. Again, Botic can do a little bit of everything everywhere. His game just translates across surfaces. He's holding 79.6% of the time, which is slightly below the average of a top 50 player, but less than a percent below, and he's breaking surf 25.3% of the time, which is a top 15 number amongst top uh, top 50 ATP players. And so, again... A lot of balance in the game of Botic van de He's able to find the angles. He's able to take the ball early on the rise. He's comfortable moving forward. He's the sort of well-rounded athlete who's going to thrive on this surface. And Botic hasn't played a ton of grass court tennis in his career. You look overall for Botic uh, on grass courts across levels six and seven overall. You know, qualified for Wimbledon for the first time last season. Got in as a lucky loser. Won a first-round match there. The Netherlands and Queens club, both the first two main draws uh, Botic had played without having to play qualifying on a grass court at the ATP level, but I like how his game translates. I watched him beat Davidovich Fokina, Dimitrov in Queens Club last week, and again, unless you have an overwhelming weapon, I don't care what the surface is, Botic is a good enough athlete, has enough skills, can just throw enough things at you and make you uncomfortable that he's going to stick around in the match, and look, he's a prohibitive favorite tomorrow against Feliciano Lopez. Lopez, 26-4 and 43 overall since this, the start of pandemic play, August 2020, 2-8 in Grand Slam matches. Now, he did earn a victory over Lorenzo Sinego at last year's Australian Open in five sets, but his other victory came against Lee Two. He's only faced two totals, uh, three total seeds in those 10 matches he's played at Grand Slam since the start of pandemic play in August 2020. And you just look for him against top 50 opponents uh, since August 2020. He's 5-10 and 10 overall. Now has a couple of good wins, you know, over a Rublev, over a Hatchinov on grass courts last year in three sets. But I just, again, a lefty against Botik Vandesen sculpt on this surface, I think Botic, that's a good matchup for him. And you look for Botic overall in his career against lefties. He's 25 and 15. Again, that backhand thrives. And I just don't think physically Lopez is going to be able to hang with Botic for the course of two and a half hours. Sure, I, there's a chance that Lopez steals a set, but I think eventually Botic gets a read on the Feliciano Lopez serve, and I think he's going to pick his spots. I think he's going to be able to hold serve fairly comfortably in this matchup against Lopez, who even at his best was never the best at returning serve. I think Botic should win comfortably here in his first-round match. Again, Lopez 2-8 and eight, uh, in his past, since August 2020, in his last ten, uh, last eight slams, 2-8 and eight overall, 5-10 and 10 against the top 50 since August 2020. I just don't think he has the physicality to hang with Botic. I think Botic gets a comfortable first-round win here at Wimbledon. Give me Vanderson Sculpt minus 5.5 games. You can get Vanderson Sculpt minus 4.5 games if the 5.5 scares you. Minus 4.5 is minus 185. I'm going to take the minus five and a half and either take him to get a break a set or you know maybe a seven six set is offset by a six three set for Vanderson scope either way I think he wins in straights and as such he covers this minus five and a half games give me Vanderson scope at minus 115 half a unit on that not the full unit because Lopez does have some tiebreaker threat but give me the half a unit to win 0.43 in return that's ace of the day number two ace of the day number three Benjamin Bonzi 
who has just been relentless over his last 52 weeks of competition. And really since the start of last season, you look uh, for Benjamin Bonzi in his last 52 weeks, a stellar uh, record put together for the now 26-year-old, uh, excuse me, Frenchman. Happy belated birthday to him. Turned 26 earlier this fall. You look for Bonzi, who last season won six different ATP Challenger titles, made seven different finals, won two more ATP Challenger titles here already this season. And in the buildup to this, Wimbledon uh, has had success on the grass courts, quarterfinals in Stuttgart, where he was forced to withdraw. And you may have been concerned there, but next two weeks loses, you know, seven, in three sets to Stefano Tsitsipas, first round in Halle, then reaches the semifinals, beats Shapovalov, Altmaier, Tabilo before getting knocked out by Tsitsipas once again. If your three grass court losses are Tsitsipas, Tsitsipas, and Oscar Ota, you're doing something right. Uh, in this grass court season right now, Benjamin Bonsi, 56 in the live rankings, four off his career high of 52, which he reached earlier this season. Again, he's just playing the best tennis of his career, 54 and 24 overall in his last 52, 27 and 14 here this season has, you know, been able to play qualifying and play main draws in Monte Carlo, in Indian Wells, and, you know, now comfortably get it into 250 level events when he so chooses Benjamin Bonsi is going to be able to set his schedule moving forward and had a ton of points to defend with all the challenger success he had last season. Did a really good job of defending them by going back down to the challenger level and winning a couple of titles. And then, you know, again, quarterfinals in Stuttgart, semifinals in Mallorca last week. Benjamin Bonsi is a tough out. And you look at the stats, holds 84% of the time. That would be a top 20 number if adjusted to ATP level competition exclusively and, you know, breaks serve 25.4% of the time, which is a top 15 number amongst top 50 players on the ATP tour. Another well-rounded player who is an extraordinary athlete and can actually play physical tennis on this surface. He's taken on a guy in Zdenek Kolar, who's been another one of the rising stars, certainly on the ATP tour of late. You look for Zdenek Kolar, 25 years old, has had, you know, a ton of success at the challenger level and profound amounts for him has reached his last you know reached his first three challenger finals and won all three titles last year on the clay courts and you know you look for Kolar was able to qualify at Roland Garros won two qualifying matches before getting in as a lucky loser here in the main draw here at Wimbledon but Kolar doesn't have a lot of main draw six uh, a lot of main draw experience Kolar also uh, again not a lot of grass court experience in his career. You look for Zdena Kolar overall on the grass, five and five in his career. This is going to be his first tour level main draw match on a grass court. And, you know, you look for him overall in his career against top 100 players, Zdena Kolar, three and 12 for his career. Beat Yuri Vesely on clay, you know, Good wins in 2019 over Camille Mychek and Lloyd Harris, but you know those were back in 2019, seemingly a lifetime ago. He's three and 12 against top 100 competition. I just don't know what he's going to do to hurt Bonzi throughout the course of this match. I think this is going to be another straight set victory for the Frenchman, who again quarterfinals and semifinals in two of his three grass court warm-up events is playing extraordinary tennis has to look at this draw as a massive opportunity minus five and a half games is Benjamin Bonesy to just again minus 160 straight set victory for the Frenchman I feel like there's value 
in that pick. That feels like a relatively safe pick on day one. I feel as though Bonesy will advance. And you look at the Benjamin Bonesy just straight up money line odds tomorrow. They're not as enticing. Benjamin Bonesy to just win his match tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I don't love these odds when you look for Bonesy. He's over, uh, again, over the minus 160 you're getting here. Certainly, he's currently minus 900. Yeah, give me minus five and a half games at minus 160. I like the odds there. We're just going to put half a unit on that, although I'd feel comfortable throwing the full unit there, but we'll just go half a unit on that to win 0.31. You know, again, I mentioned, I, I think on day one, when you look, you want to back seeds, you want to back comfortable favorites, you're just not going to get great odds on that. I think game spreads over-unders are the place to be, and you know, I think there are 12 different matches. I like over two and a half sets tomorrow on the women's side. You can find all those matches on our website, crackedrackets.com, but Staying away from the majority of the money lines, focusing on those three game spreads tomorrow. Krejcikova, Vendesenskulp, and Benjamin Bonzi, all to advance comfortably. That said, it's day two. It's time for a parlay here on our GSP Ace of the Day segment. And I've got the money line parlay for all of you listeners. Let's start with Dan Evans. Minus 400 tomorrow against Jason Kubler. Now, Jason Kubler has been exceptional in 2022. You look for Kubler, 51-21 and 21 overall in his last 52 weeks. Won the title at the Little Rock Challenger. Made the final the next week in Orlando as well. Kubler. Coming through qualifying to get to this Wimbledon main draw, earned a straight set victory over Elias Emer in his final round matchup. I mean, simply put, again, he hasn't done a lot of losing in the past four months. He's, you know, again, Roland Garros comes through qualifying, beats Kudla round one before getting knocked out by Cam Norrie, then wins Little Rock, finals Orlando, wins three matches to get into the Wimbledon challenger, uh, to get into the Wimbledon main draw. He's coming in hot. Unfortunately, he faces, in my opinion, one of the 15 best grass court players in the world in Dan Evans. And if you don't believe me, go check out Tennis Abstract's grass court specific ELO ratings. They have Evans 14th right now amongst the best players on a grass court. And you can understand why Dan Evans here eight and three this season on the grass courts won the Nottingham Challenger title and you know a loss to Berrettini three and three in Queens Club a loss to Cressy six and four in Eastbourne goes both guys go on to win or make the finals of the title last uh, of the tournament last year a four set loss to Sebastian Corda in the third round of Wimbledon you look for him in his career overall 85 and 52 62 percent win percentage on this surface again uh, the creation Creativity, the the craft. I know those two things mean the same thing, but the slice and how low that ball stays on this surface, the effectiveness of his block return, his willingness and comfort level moving forward and the various ways he can hit the approach shot, whether it's flat down the line, beating you to the spot and taking that ball on the rise, hitting the short angles cross court, how magical he seems to be with his on the run passing shots on this surface. Dan Evans is just extraordinarily well-rounded and I just think he does everything a little bit better than Jason Kubler. And Kubler, who in his challenger career has, you know, holding 80% of the time this season, 77.4% hold percentage for his career. His big thing is breaking surf. He's broken 29.6% of the time at the challenger level, 25.7% in his limited ATP tour experience as well. But again, we're on a grass court. And I just think that strength isn't maximized on this surface in the way Dan Evans is. And I don't know if Kubler has a serve big enough to consistently hurt Dan Evans. 
Evans with. I think this match is going to be played on Evans' terms. He's got the home crowd with him as well. Give me Evans minus 400 as leg number one of the parlay. Leg number two, going to be Jack Sock, who, look, he's been pretty damn good. Since the start of last season, you look for Sock here this year. Certainly good run for him to win the Savannah Challenger title uh, earlier this season. Also makes the final in Ilkley uh, on the grass courts a couple weeks ago before getting knocked out by Zizou Bergs. You look for Sock. Straight set wins in all three of his Wimbledon qualifying matches to get to the main draw. Also reached the semifinals in Nottingham where he was knocked off by eventual champion Dan Evans. It's been a very good grass court season for Jack Sock, who's worked his way back up to number 102 in the ATP rankings. And again, for his career, Jack Sock, it's not as though, right, he's a guy making his Wimbledon main draw debut like a Zdenek Kolar from outside the top 100. Sock's a guy we've seen have success on a grass court before. Now, certainly, most notably, came on a doubles court for Jack Sock. If you can remember that doubles title with he and Vashik Pospisil back in, what, 2017 or 16? You've been in the game as long as I have, but he just has profound more amounts of track record success pedigree than his opponent tomorrow, Bernabe Zapata Morales, who was impressive, certainly only dropped one set in his three qualifying victories to get into the main draw. Here's Zapata Morales, currently 90 in the ATP rankings. That's a career high for the 25-year-old. You look for Zapata Morales, though, in his career. A, 12 and 21 at the ATP level. B, you look for him on, you know, overall on grass courts, 0-2 overall on grass courts in his career at the ATP level. 7-4 and though, overall on grass courts. This is the second time he qualified for Wimbledon qualifying last season as well. But again, you look for Zapata Morales in his career against top 100 players. Zapata Morales Overall, 16 and 27. He's 4 and 8 when he's played a top 100 player on a hard court. Has never played a top or 0 and 1 when he's played a top 100 player. Excuse me, on a grass court was able to take Christian Green to five sets in his first round matchup last year in Wimbledon. You look for Zapata Morales, another guy where the hold percentage, you know, not his calling card. He's a guy who breaks serve over 25 percent of the time. A guy who puts himself in a position to be competitive in in so many different matches. Just doesn't give a lot of free points away but again Jack Sock on this surface the weapons are just amplified and you look for Jack Sock overall in his career he's 12 and 3 on grass courts in his last 52 weeks 25 and 17 overall on grass courts now you know the furthest he's ever gone at Wimbledon I believe is actually the second round which is kind of surprising given the weapons he possesses but you know he's been around the block at Wimbledon before comes in with exceptional form and I just think his serve his forehands his willingness to move forward three biggest weapons on the court in that order before you put anything of Bernabe Zapata Morales is on the board and yeah I think Zapata Morales will hit his spots well certainly be able to dip a ball or two at Jack Sock's feet but I just think the relentless aggression of Sock who was locked in in qualifying and has been locked in throughout the course of this grass court season. He's fit. He's healthy. There's an opportunity in the draw he has available to him here. I love the matchup. Give me Jack Sock minus 255 over Zapata Morales. That's leg number two of the parlay. And then I'm going to throw in one more American in the mix. Give me Claire Liu to get her grass court track record going. And you look for Claire Liu, who, of course, a former junior uh, Wimbledon champion for her career on 
on grass courts, 11 and 8 overall, 5 and 3 uh, here in her last 52 weeks. Qualified for Wimbledon last year, won a main draw match before getting knocked out by Elena Rabakina. Also qualified for Wimbledon, won a main draw match back in 2018. Has the weapons to just change direction, have success on this surface. And she's facing someone in Nuria Parisas Diaz who. I don't want to say is a clay quarter through and through, but is a grinder, wants to make matches physical, wants to work you down, is going to give you opportunities to attack, but will find ways to extend rallies and, you know, again, try to force you to generate the unforced error. I just don't know how Nuri, uh, Parisa Diaz is going to con- consistently pressure Claire Lou throughout the course of this match. And you look for Parisa's Diaz, who, again, for her career, WTA level matches, holds 60.6% of the time, you know, 68.8% of the time uh, across surfaces at the ITF level. That's just not going to get the job done on a grass court. And I think Claire Lou's going to have some opportunities to swing freely on the return of serve. I trust the Claire Lou sir, uh, serve a bit more than Parisa's Diaz, although certainly Parisa's Diaz will be able to stay competitive. And, you know, again, if, if Claire Lou isn't able to keep up a high first serve percentage, then Parisa's Diaz will absolutely keep this match close. But I just like the weaponry, the discipline, and I just, uh, of, of Claire Lou slightly better. And I just think this is the moment for Claire Lou, who's won, again, main draw matches the past two times. She's played Wimbledon. Give me her to win a main draw match uh, once again. Or, excuse me, past, yeah, two times she's played the main draw at Wimbledon, loses in qualifying in 2019. I look for her to continue that trend here. Claire Lou, reached, currently number 76 in the world, is the 22-year-old, reached a career high of 74 earlier this month. She's ascending, and I think Parises Diaz is the sort of player she beats on this surface. So give me Claire Lou. We're going to go with the money line in the end, minus 150. Now, you blend those three together. The Evans money line, the Sock money line, the Claire Lou money line. All three of them, plus 190, win option together as a parlay. Let's roll with our first parlay here of Wimbledon. Evans, Sock, Lou money lines, plus 190. We'll throw half a unit on that to win 0.95 in return. So, to recap, our Wimbledon day two aces of the day. And by the way, you can read all of these picks on our website, crackrackets.com, as well as the extended board and the extended options of things I like on the day. But give me Krejcikova, minus four and a half games over Zinevska, one full unit to win 0.66 at minus 150. Give me Vandesen Schkulp, minus five and a half games over Lopez, minus 115, half a unit to win 0.43. Bonesy, minus five and a half games over Kolar, minus 160, half a unit to win 0.31. And then an Evans, Sock, Claire Lou, Moneyline, Parlay, plus 190 across the board, half a unit to win 0.95. Those are your picks for day two of the 2022 Wimbledon. Of course, if you're looking for recap of all the day's action, head on over to our mini break podcast feed. A shout out as always to super producer Daniel Westoff for the event editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. A shout out as well to our friends at Turner. Remember, email sales at uniquesports.com to join the Turnup family today with all of that said for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turnup. From all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, we wish you luck with your aces of the day on day two. And as always, may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. 